welcome to First Baptist Belton. By God's grace, we aim to be a gospel-centered people that know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy the following message. Well, good morning, church. It is great to be with you here this morning. I hope you enjoyed that video. Um, There's something that you need to know about our church. Our church is an incredible church. As you can see from Dr. Kemp's leadership to Pastor Andy's leadership, I wanted you to be able to see and get a glimpse of who we've been in the, in, in the past, and, and that'll set us up well for who we're going to be in the future. And I want you to know something. Uh, I think Pastor Andy actually mentioned this in the video, but he said, before we ever adopted the mission statement to know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally, we've been doing that from our history. And so what we're going to talk about this morning is how do we continue to do that? How do we take this rich history, this beautiful legacy that we have at First Baptist Belton, how do we take that on into the future? And so I'm excited to just talk to you a little bit about how we're going to take that next step. Okay, so it's not going to be a huge, massive thing that we're talking about today. It's just how do we take the next step? And then in just a little, in in, in a handful of months, we'll talk about another step, and we'll talk about more steps. And and the goal is, is that we would just take steps toward what God wants us to do as First Baptist Belton. Now, here's what you need to know this morning, okay? This morning, we are not talking about Hilltop. We're not going to talk about Hilltop. So I know maybe that's been one of those things, and it's, it's in the back of everybody's mind, like, okay, well, when is he going to talk about Hilltop? Well, it's not going to be today. It's not going to be today. And here's the reason why. What's most important is not whether we're doing ministry on a Hilltop or whether we're doing ministry right here. What's most important is that you and I, First Baptist Belton, is a healthy, thriving church, okay? And if we're not that here, we won't be that there, okay? And so my hope, my intention this morning is to help us see, okay, this is who God wants us to be. Let's be this. And as we memorized when we were kids, seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? All these things will be added to you, okay? So I want us to think that way, right? I want us to focus here so we can be strong here, so we can be strong there into our future, okay? So that's what we're talking about this morning, and I am so excited to get to worship with you and to lead you into what I believe, a small piece of what I believe that God is calling us to. Now, here's here's the, the third thing that we need to know, okay? You need to know that God is a visionary God, He's a visionary God, and you're going to see that in three ways, and I'm actually going to do something kind of crazy this morning. What you're going to see is I'm actually going to walk us through. I'm going to give you an outline for what I hope to accomplish this morning, okay? So it's going to be up here on your screens, because I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. I want to be as clear and as concise as I can be so that you don't walk out of here and you're confused, or at least more confused than, than when you walked in, okay? So here's what your outline ought to look like. If you're taking notes, this is it. Okay, this is what we're talking about. This is what we're executing this morning, okay? So God is a visionary God, and you're going to see that show up in the Scriptures in three specific ways, okay? First and foremost, you're going to see that God is a visionary God, first and foremost, in creation. You can tease me about my handwriting later. So we can see that God is a visionary God. You see that in creation in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Here's what the text says. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face 
of the waters. And so before anything ever existed, God was, and God had a beautiful vision for creation, and he had this beautiful thought of what creation might look like, and he begins to create it. You might think of an artist standing right in front of a, in, in front of a blank canvas as God's vision became a reality in creation. And God, he's a visionary God. You see it in creation, right, both of fish and birds and animals, but you also see what Paul would later write is God's masterpiece of creation. And guess what that is? Well, that's you and me in this room, right? We're created in the image of God. And Paul would say that we are his masterpiece. Maybe you recall Psalm 139 that, that, that talks about the fact that God literally knit you together in your mother's womb. Literally, it's a picture of an artist working on the clay as he formed you in your mother's womb, right? God had a vision for all of creation, including you and me in this room. But not only that, but God is also, you see his visionary nature in redemption, right? In redemption. So God, in his goodness and grace, creates the universe, all that's in it to live in perfect harmony with him. We've talked about that several, several times over the last couple of months. And then you get to Genesis 3, and then all goes wrong. As man and woman chose to disobey God, they, were, uh, they, they chose to go their own way, and because of that, they are eternally separated from Him. And so from Genesis chapter 3 on, God promises a Savior. You see this vision, right? As God stumble, as God walks into the garden, He asks Adam and Eve an interesting question. He says, where are you? Well, Adam and Eve, they'd, they'd never heard God say that before because God always knew they were, and so they stepped out of the bush, and he said, well, here I am. And there's this kind of confusing point in the Scripture where you have to wonder, well, did God not know where they are? Well, of course not. God knew exactly where they were. He knew exactly who they were. He knew exactly what they had done, and, and here's the good news of all of it. God had a plan, right? God wasn't up there going, well, I don't know what we're going to do now, Right? No, and you see that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where he makes that promise of an offspring, and this offspring is going to come to this earth. He's going to put an end to Satan. He's going to put an end to sin. He's going to put an end to the evil one, right? And he is going to make all things new. And so he's got this grand vision. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it tells us this. Ephesians 1 through 3, Paul's writing, and he says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Here's what you need to know. From the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world was ever laid, God saw you, he knew you, he loved you, he said, you are mine. He said, it doesn't matter what happened in the garden, because I'm going to overcome that, and I'm going to do that through the person and the work of Jesus. He's the offspring who's going to come, he's going to put an end to the enemy, and he is going to make all things new. And that's where you see God's third visionary nature, and that is in renewal. So God is a God of vision right? You see that in creation. You see it in redemption. But then also you see it in renewal. 
See, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, Jesus comes to John. He's, he's exiled to the island of Patmos, right? And there Jesus shows up and he begins to cast this broad vision for John of what was to come, this vision of renewal. And in chapter 22, verses 1 through 5, here's what he says to John. The angel showed up. And speaking of the new heavens and the earth, new earth, the new Jerusalem, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street and of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord their God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. See, this is the vision of God. It's vision of renewal, of creation, of redemption and renewal. And guess what? That's the same, very same story that you and I are taking part of today in 2022 in Belton, Texas. You and me are just, are we, are, we are right in the center of this story. And so the question that I want us to think through and question that I want us to ask is, God, what is your vision for us in light of this creation and redemption and renewal narrative that we see in the scriptures, what do you, what would you have for us? And so here in just a minute, I'm going to share that with you. But first, I want you to also see that not only is God a visionary God, and you see it in those three aspects, but God is also a God of execution. He's a God of execution. You're first and foremost, you're going to see that God has a plan for his vision. You'll see it in Matthew 28. God has a plan. If you've ever wondered, if God has a plan, God has a plan. So A-types, there's hope for you. There's hope for you. B-types, we're just trying to lead you. It's going to be fun. Okay? So God has a plan for you. He's got a plan for me. He's got a plan for our church. And in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, here's what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, stay therefore and make disciples. Is that what it says? No, it says Go. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so Jesus, he comes to his disciples, who you can imagine must be confused. They had followed him to a Roman cross, watched him be crucified. They saw him buried in a tomb, and all of a sudden, now he shows back up, and he's telling them, go, make disciples. Right? Here's the reason, because it's the plan, it's the plan A for how God is going to accomplish his vision of creation, of redemption, and renewal on this earth. That means that you and I are plan A. That's a little terrifying, isn't it? We're plan A. We're not plan B, we're plan A, right? But not only that, but God also gives us a strategy. I want you to see that in Acts chapter 1. So God gives us a strategy. In Acts chapter 1, here's what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what does he say? He says, you will be my witnesses. He doesn't say, 
you will be my witnesses when you feel like it. He doesn't say, you'll be my witnesses when it's comfortable. He doesn't say, you will be my witnesses. He says, you are my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he says, you now, by that very nature, your identity has now shifted. You are a witness of this creation, redemption, and renewal story. That's what you, that's where we come in. We are his witnesses. And then thirdly, here's what he does. He gives us leaders. He gifts the church with a group of leaders. And you're going to see that in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Here's what he says. This is Paul writing. He says, And Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers, hear this, to equip the saints, that's you, for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So God's got a plan. God's got a strategy, and then God gifts the church with a group of leaders whose role and responsibility is to equip you, train you for the plan A vision, and that is creation, redemption, and renewal. So that's what we're doing here this morning. We're here talking about God's plan for you and for me, what I believe to be God's vision for our church. Now, you might be asking yourself, and you should, okay, Logan, well, what does that mean for us? What does that look like? Well, here, I'm glad you asked. God's desire, I believe, like Pastor Andy mentioned, is that we would continue our mission to know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally. But then I want us to build upon that. I want us to build upon that this morning. And I want us to ask, well, okay, what does that mean specifically? Well, here's what it means. Back to your notes. Here's God's vision for us. It's to be a multi-generational a lot of pressure to make sure I spell right. <laughs> I didn't think about that before I did this. I did, I did not think about it. It's a good thing I can sometimes spell all right. So it's to be a multi-generational church where everyone, everyone is actively engaged in, and hear this, takes ownership of our mission to see all generations come to know Jesus, serve Jesus, and share Jesus. Okay, there's a couple key phrases there. Number one, multi-generational. Far too many churches focus on one generation. We're not going to be that church. We're not going to be that church. We're going to consider what God has for all generations, right? If we're going to be an embassy of the kingdom of heaven, and I hope we will, I hope we continue to move that direction, if we're going to be an embassy, if we're going to represent what's happening in eternity— Right, then we need to have that happening here. And in order to do that, we need all generations represented. Okay, so we're not going to go after one generation, right? Too many churches go after a young generation. Too many churches say, you know what, we're going to stay and we're going to continue doing what the old generation's doing. We're not doing that. We're going to be after all generations. It's going to be great. We're all going to be miserable together and it'll be fine. <laughs> okay? So nobody's going to be happy, but we'll, we'll all just be unhappy together. It's going to be fine. Okay? But it's important, guys, that we—this is, is a theological issue, really. It's not just a preference issue. It's a theological issue, right? Everyone is created in the image of God, right? They have value and dignity before God and man. And so everyone matters. Everyone matters. And so as we move forward, we're going to move forward together. 
in one room, or, or together with one, one, oneness. There we go, oneness. That's what I was looking for. Okay, secondly, secondly, everyone, everyone is engaged, right? So in order to cast a vision, you have to know your reality. So what's our reality? Right now, we have about 30% of our people who are actively engaged in our mission statement. That's the bad news. Everybody okay? Everybody okay? All right, good. So here's the good news, right? Jesus' desire is not that 30% would be, but 100% would be. So if you're a follower of Christ, then you need to be actively engaged with His mission, right? There's not, a, there's not an option there, right? Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will be my witnesses. You are my witnesses. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have received His Spirit, which means God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. He has a plan for us in this room. And so it is His expectation. That's not even mine, which is far more dangerous, by the way. Far more dangerous. That is God's expectation for you is that you would be actively involved in the ministry and the mission of First Baptist Belden. If you're here and you say, this is my church home, then you need to be actively involved. And so here's what that looks like. It's going to take a couple of different things. Number one, it's going to take a mind shift. Mind shift. I spelled that. Yep, that's it. All right, it's going to take a mind shift. Dr. Vassar did a great job last week covering for me um, in the sermon. And here's, the, here's what's funny. I had no idea what he was preaching on. And here's what's funny. It aligned so perfectly with what I wanted to tell you today. And so I, I kind of laughed after he preached that sermon because I thought, man, it's like the God knows what he wants to do here. It's crazy. And so he, he talked about the reality that, that the church has had various eras that have described each generation of the church, right? Y'all remember that? He specifically talked about AD 30 to 100 being the, the, the apostolic church, and that, that's when the church exploded. You can read all about that, all you want in, in, in the book of Acts, and then on into with our early church fathers, all of those things, right? And then he talked about how we're now in the institutional age of the church, well, it's my contention, I think this is true, is that we're actually about to step into a new era of the church. It's a new era. I think we're leaving the institutional church, and we're stepping into uncharted territory. Only, here's the good news, I don't think it's uncharted territory. See, maybe you've heard that phrase, uh, I, th I think it goes something like this, we don't want to repeat history. Y'all with me on that? Okay, somebody said yep. Yeah. But here's the deal, that's not always bad. That's not always bad, see, because we can learn from the past, right? The best indicator of the future is the past, and so we can actually learn from the past. And so here's what I think is happening in our day and time right now. We are returning back to the apostolic age. Amen. Yes, come on. I like when you all talk to me. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm creating some energy here. Right? I think we're going back to the apostolic age. Well, here's what you need to know. Apostle just means sent, okay? That's what that word means. It means to be sent, I think we are in a day and an age where, where, where few and, fewer and fewer people are coming to the church for hope. And so what that means is that we've got to take hope to them. We've got to live sent. Here's what that also means. That means we have to start thinking like a missionary. 
Now, can you imagine, there's many of the folks in this room have either been missionaries, have kids who are missionaries, maybe even been retired missionaries. You're in this room. Can you imagine this? Why don't you just imagine this with me for just a second? Can you imagine going to um, a, a particular country and your strategy being, hey, you know what? I'm going to sit in this apartment and I'm going to wait for them to come to me. Can y'all imagine that? I don't know that that's going to produce many, much results. The church can't do that either. We've got to adopt a missionary-like mindset where we don't sit in this room, as beautiful and wonderful as it is, and be okay with them being out there and us in here. That's not plan A. Plan A is that we would go and tell. And so instead of having a come and see approach, it's a go and tell approach to missions and ministry. We've got to think like missionaries, and that begins in our backyard, right, from, from, from our neighborhood to the ends of the earth. That's that plan, that, that same, very same plan that, that Jesus gave the disciples, right? He said, begin in Jerusalem, then go to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It begins right here in our neighborhood. We've got to live on mission. We've got to live sent. Okay, so it's going to take a, ma- a, a, a mind shift. But here's the other thing. It's also going to take a pathway, You're like, what in the world are you talking about? It's going to take a pathway, and here's what I mean by that. So right now, in order for us to help people, to help all generations come to know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, and share Jesus globally, we've got to figure out what is our strategy for how we're going to do that, and this is it, okay? So now we're talking about the how. We've talked about the what, now we're talking about the how. We talked about the what, the why, and now we're talking about the how. Here's how we're going to do this. This is going to be our intent as a church. Our goal, okay, our goal is to make sure to see all generations connect with Jesus. So that's the first step, step one, right? You might think of this as a pathway or steps. It's, it's almost like a step-by-step process to ensure that you are growing spiritually and you are accomplishing the purpose that God has given us as a church, okay? So think road, think pathway, think steps, Okay, so here's number step number one. We want to ensure that all generations are connected with Jesus first, right, through salvation. We want to see that people are connected with his body through membership, right? We're a church who still believes in membership. It's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. I think it's God's, it's a God's design thing. I think that's what he longs for us and wants us to be a part of his body, connected with him, connected with his body. The second step is that we want to see everyone grow, We want to see everybody grow in their knowledge and their love of God and love of people. That's what Jesus says, right? In Matthew 22, he says, hey, this is the greatest commandment, that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and that you would love others as yourself. So that's step number one. Step number two is grow. The third step is we want to see everybody, everybody in our church serving Serving the body, and we're talking about inside the walls. We want you to serve in the body, okay? Serving the very body of Christ. That's serving the people in this room. And it's also serving in the community. You want to see, see serving in the community, okay? Then step number four is multiply. Multiply has two facets, right? For you to be a multiplier, which is God's desire for you, okay? God's desire for us is that we would multiply ourselves on this earth. That means that we need to be actively engaging the lost, right? We need to be actively sharing our faith in the areas where we live, where we work, and we play, right? So we're taking the gospel to uh, Baylor, Scott, and White. 
We're taking the, the gospel to our schools. We're taking the gospels to our neighborhoods. We're not waiting for them to come to us. We're going to them. So we're going to be a multiplier, and then here's what we're going to do. Then after that, we're going to disciple them in the faith. We're going to do what Jesus tells us to do. We're going to teach them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. That's who we're going to be. And then here's the thing. If you ever want to know what discipleship is, well, this is what it looks like. From here, this creates a natural loop to going back here. Right? And so I'm going to evangelize folks. I want to disciple them. I want to help them connect with Christ. I want then, my next step is I want, to, I want them connected to the body. And then I want, to help, I want to help them grow. I want to help them serve. I want to help them also tell their friends and tell, disciple their folks who they see come to know Christ. And so this is a grand plan for you and for me to ensure that we're actively accomplishing the vision that God has given us to see all generations come to know Jesus intimately, serve Jesus passionately, share Jesus globally. Okay? It's to ensure that we're all doing this. Now, here's the deal, right? God has called you. If you've accepted him, you're a disciple. This is his expectation of you, right? That you would be connected with him through salvation, connected with him in membership, that you would be growing in your knowledge and love of him, that you'd be serving the community, and you'd be serving the body, and that you would be actively helping others do the same. Everybody following me? Amen. All right. Thank God. You're following me. All right. This is why I wanted to do this, because I want to make sure that we're all together. Now, Here's the reality. Oftentimes, vision doesn't fall short because the vision wasn't good. Usually, vision falls short because there's no execution. There's no execution. So here's how we're going to execute this game plan. You might think of it like an airplane. Okay, I'll show you. There you go. Think about it like this. So here's what we're going to do, and this is our point number three. We're going to build a structure to support this game plan. Okay, everybody with me? We're going to build a structure to support the game plan, right? Like you need a foundation to build a house. If you don't have a foundation, we're toast, right? That roof's not going to stand. So we're going to build a foundation, and here's how we're going to do that. We are going to be changing our executive leadership team. So the top three right now, you're, we're going to change that to our directional leadership team. And here's who are on that directional leadership team. First and foremost, you have your senior pastor right here. That person's job my, per, my job is to ensure, right, that we're on the right direction, that we're heading in the right place. I'm flying the plane. Lord, help us, right? So I'm, pray for me. Many of you keep saying you're praying for me. Keep praying. Pray harder, right? So it's my job, right, to oversee the direction of the plane, where we're headed, right? Then we're going to have a spiritual formation pastor right here. This person is overseeing the, the, the rear of the plane, making sure that it, it, it is stable, right? We're going to have a connection and care pastor. Senior adults, you're going to love this. Their role is going to be to oversee the connections of our church. We're going to talk about that here more in a minute. But then also, part of their role is going to, to be to, to ensure uh, that you are taken care of, that you're ministered to, and that you're a vibrant part of our church. It's going to be really great, I promise you. Right? We're also going to have a worship pastor who's going to oversee the worship on the plane right here in this room. You've got an executive pastor, and this person's incredibly important. Here's the reason why. Have you ever seen a plane fly without any wheels? Yeah, I have never, I've never seen that. I'm sure it happened, but I, I've never seen it. So he's the wheels on the plane. His job is to make sure that this plane gets off the ground, flies safely, and lands safely. Right? He ensures that this vision, he ensures kind of undergirds the, the reality of this vision, getting off the ground, flying safely, and landing. And then you've got your mobilization pastor. 
Now, here's how all of this works. I want you to think of a relay race. How many of you have been in a relay race? Anybody? Handful of you? All right, cool. Good deal. My favorite race is the four by four. I will go all day long to watch a track meet just so I can get to that one race. But here's what you need to know. Here's how this works. So this is how it undergirds the vision of our church, okay? So connection and care pastor, there you go. That person's job is to ensure from street to seat, does that make sense? Street to seat, to make sure that they get connected with our church, okay? And their job is to ensure that you are taking part in connecting people to our church, okay? From there, they're going to hand the baton over here to our spiritual formation pastor. And his job, his job is to make sure that you're growing in your knowledge and love of God and people. And he's, his job is to make sure that you're equipped to help others do the same, right? So that's like all of our age group ministries, our Sunday schools, all of those things. By the way, just in case you're wondering, we're not going away from Sunday school. I know that's been on your mind. Don't panic. Nobody's going away. We have more people in Sunday school than we do on a Sunday morning in church. We're not going away from Sunday school. But that's part of growing, right? That's one of the ways that we're going to ensure that you grow. Life groups are another way. There's going to be plenty of different ways in which we are going to help you grow in your knowledge and love of God and people, okay? And then they're going to hand the baton over here to the many different people who are ensuring that you're serving. And this is kind of all-encompassing, right? Many of our serving ministries fall out of our Sunday schools. Many of our serving ministries fall out of Connect. So hospitality, right, falls under Connect. Greeting team falls under Connect, right? And so it's our job to ensure that you are serving the body of Christ and you're serving the community in which you live, work, and play. And then after that, right, we're going to hand the baton in the race to the final leg, and that's multiply, Right? Our mobilizations pastor's job to ensure that you are sharing the gospel and that you are discipling new believers. You are raising up generations of people to know the Lord, love the Lord, and share the Lord. Okay? And so here's the beautiful thing about all of this. Okay? If this person doesn't do their job, then we can't help people grow. And if we're not helping people grow, they're not going to be serving. And if they're not serving, they're not multiplying. And it creates, again, just a funnel of people as we continue just to have a pathway for people to ensure that we know as your staff, right, that you are accomplishing your mission to know, serve, and share. But then at the same time, it helps you know where you are. And so here's, here's a hypothetical situation. The Reynolds family shows up to First Baptist Belton. By chance, we're invited by a friend. We show up, okay? Here's what's great. So it's going to be this person, this connect pastor's job to oversee the ministry that meets them, that greets them, and, and that welcomes them into the church. From there, that person is going to hand it to the spiritual growth pastor and say, hey, here's all the ways in which you can get uh, connected with our church, and here's the way that you can grow. And that begins by membership. And so the Reynolds family will register and sign up for a membership class. And here's what's great about that. The membership class is going to expand from one class to four classes. Everybody say, oh my gosh. I know, but it's going to be fun, I promise. So we got four classes. The first class will be get to know the church. Who are we as a church? What is our passion for ministry? Where are we headed? What's the vision? Where are we going? Right? What do we believe? All of the things. That's what we have right now. We have that one class. From there, here's the second class. You ready? Second class is get to know you. So everybody who goes through that class is going to get handed to them a spiritual growth inventory. And in that spiritual growth inventory, they're going to have the opportunity to pair their passions for God 
in their gifting for God all in one so that they know how God has uniquely equipped them to serve the body. It's going to be great. And then from there, they're going to get a list of ministries. Hey, here's all the ways that you can serve at First Baptist Belden. We want you actively engaged in the mission. We don't want you just sitting in a pew. We want you actively engaged, right? And then from there, right, then they'll do their third class. That third class is going to be an, an evangelism primer. They're going to learn how God has, has saved them, right? They're going to learn their unique testimony. They're going to learn how to share that at work. They're going to learn how to share that at, at school. They're going to learn how to share that with neighbors, Okay? They're going to be equipped for that. And then fourth and finally, uh, they're going to have an opportunity to learn the basics of this right here and how we disciple the next generation of people. Right? We want them to be connected with Jesus, connected with his body. We want them growing their knowledge and love of God and people. We want them serving, and we want them multiplying. Okay? And so that's kind of the grand scheme of where we are headed. And you can imagine from there, right, as I've gone through a membership process, the Reynolds family's gone through the, rental, the, the, the membership process, we are now equipped to engage in the body. Now, I know exactly where I want to be a part of, where I can learn and grow. Now, I know exactly where I can serve, and I know how I can share the gospel and disciple people. Okay? And so this is going to be how we ensure that everyone is actively engaged in and taking ownership of our vision and our mission and where we're headed in the future. Okay? Amen. Amen. Everybody, we're going to do it together. Guys, I'm thrilled to death about this. Um, Again, this is just our next step, and it might seem like a lot. Sorry if that seems like five steps, but it's our next step into what I believe that God is calling us to do. And I want you to hear this because this is important. The race is never finished. So this may be the relay race, but our race is never finished, right? The writer of Hebrews makes that, makes that clear. He says, hey, run the race that is set before you. So church, I want us to run the race and I want us to be actively engaged in what God has called us to do. And I don't, and I, I don't want it to be 30%. I want us to be 100%. I want us to achieve what God has and, and desires for you and for me. And that's all of us, everyone engaged, all in. That's the whole point of us being all in, right? And so I'm excited about that. So here's what I want to do. I want us to spend some time together in prayer, and I want us just to consider, okay, God, I've heard this. I want to process this. I want to take some time to process it. And then I want to ask, I want you to ask the Lord, okay, God, what am I to do in this process? And here, before we do that, as we transition there, here's what I want you to know. Over the, next, over the summer, we're going to start a new series, a new sermon series in the Sermon on the Mount. It's going to be a great series as we consider as it is in heaven. That's what the title of that sermon series is called, okay? We're going to talk about how the church is an embassy of the kingdom of God, how us, when we're, we're functioning rightly, we are representing the kingdom of heaven, and why does that matter? And so we're going to talk about that through the Sermon on the Mount. And then after that, we're going to tackle each one of these little steps, connect, grow, serve, and multiply. We're going we're gonna to tackle each one of those through an eight-week sermon series so that you know exactly what I'm talking about and why this matters to our future, okay? So just so you know, there's more coming. I want you to know that, um, and I'll explain further. So I'm sure you might have some questions. We'd love to field those as well. I hope I addressed many of them. But the goal is, is that we would start all of this um, in early fall, Okay, early fall. So that's the goal. Okay, so let's spend some time in prayer together. I want everybody head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just consider what the Lord would have for us this morning. I just want you to take some time, just reflect. Reflect on God's vision, 
Creation, redemption, renewal. And then I want you to ask, God, how, how am I to be part of this story? How am I to be a part of this story? And then I want you just to ask the Lord, God, help me to run the race. And if you're already running the race, man, praise God. Thank you for you. Thank you for you. Keep running. Keep running that race. For any in the room who, are, who, who maybe aren't running that race, Lord, I, I just pray for them. I ask God that you would put a burning fire in their heart to be a part of seeing generations of people come to know you, give their life to you, and give their life to follow you. Father, help our church to be that church. And I just want you to take some time, I want you to just ask the Lord, God, would you help us to accomplish this? That's plan A, so help us to accomplish this. Worship team, if you go ahead and come up as I close this in prayer. Father, we just humbly submit to you. God, knowing that all vision comes from you. God, you are a visionary God, and as people who are created in your image, God, you have given us the gift of vision. And Lord, your vision for us is that we would be a church who are actively engaged in and taking ownership of your mission to see all come to know you, serve you, and share you. And I pray that, Lord, this, this, this pathway of connect, grow, serve, and multiply, Lord, would just be a next step in the right direction to see this become a reality here in Belton, Texas. God, I pray that you would make us strong here so that we're strong in our future. God, I pray that our focus would be on your kingdom and your kingdom alone. God, I pray that we would see your kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. God, I pray that we as a church would represent that kingdom. Not our own kingdoms, but your kingdom. Where your son is king and where he reigns and he rules and we serve and worship under his authority. God, there is no place that I would rather be than our church. And so, God, I just pray that you just set our eyes on you, set our hearts on you, unify us together, 
God, I pray that you would fortify us and that you would encourage us in the race. God, that we would take the baton and that we would run, that we would not grow weary, but we would be connected to the vine that is you. Father, we love you. We're excited for what you have for us. We're thrilled to death about what you're doing in this church, God, and we just thank you for the opportunity that we have to serve and to worship you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you would like more information, please visit fbbelton.org or call our church office at 254-939-0705. We are located at 506 North Main Street. We hope to see you soon.